Beyond the benefits, what is your clinic doing to reward and incentivize the behaviors you want? Are you going the extra mile to make your workplace as fun as possible? This week on The Veterinary Viewfinder. Welcome back to The Veterinary Viewfinder, the podcast that tackles the toughest topics in veterinary medicine. And fun isn't exactly a tough topic, but it's a topic that we struggle with in the daily practice. How do we reward and incentivize and just make it more enjoyable to do our daily jobs? So this week, we're going to dive into all of that. But before we start diving, as always, I am your co-host, Dr. Ernie Ward. And I'm registered veterinary technician, Becky Mosser. And Becky, this conversation started when you and I were saying, okay, look, you know, what are the little things that we do that extend beyond the benefits, beyond the paycheck, the little things that we do and say and how we act in our daily practice that actually gives us more fulfillment and meaning? And so you started saying some interesting stuff about how do we move beyond the reward wall and the employee of the month? And so start to share some of your ideas and maybe even concerns with our audience today. Sure, right? And we we talked a couple weeks ago about reviews and we were, you know, pretty adamant that this is not where it shouldn't be associated with raises and, you know, how to give that verbal feedback, but we never really took the time to talk about outside of that verbal feedback and outside of that review system. How are you kind of on a day-to-day basis letting your team know they're doing a great job or they're not doing a great job? and incentivizing and positively rewarding the things that they're doing. And and anybody out there listening in behavior can say the fact of the matter is, is we want to reward that behavior we right. want. Right. And that's really what I wanted to jump in because, you know, here's there's if you will enjoy this podcast, you're going to have to a accept that we want to reward the positive and kind of ignore the negative unless it's injurious or harmful, which is kind of my way of training dogs. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a way we my husband says all the time. I know what you're doing, you know, (laughs) but it's it's absolutely true. When we we get a behavior we want. Or we shape a behavior, we really want to positively reinforce it. And we want to also, you know, make it feel like it was that person's intention, that person's idea, and that they kind of drove that behavior, even if we do shape it a little bit. And I think it's really essential in the veterinary clinic. We talk a lot about giving that feedback, but how are we shaping it on the day to day? And I think a lot of this is very important when we take into consideration compassion fatigue slash what I'd rather talk about compassion satisfaction. How are we enjoying our jobs? Right. And and in our language at my clinics and sort of what Laura and I developed over the year, we call these nudges or tilts. And you always hear me say, Becky, tilting towards optimism and positivity. But these are little nudges or tilts that you can easily insert into your daily practice. So that's a good starting point, right? Sure. I mean, what can we do on a day-to-day basis that recognizes individuals who have gone above and beyond, who have done a great job, but also without depreciating the rest of the team who is also working very hard. And I think that's where a lot of the balance comes in. Yeah. And and we do focus a lot on support staff on this podcast, you know, so the receptionist, the veterinary technicians, the kennel help, everybody. Right. But I also want to make sure that we include the associate veterinarians, because sometimes 
that can be a bit of a thankless job, especially from the management or the owner perspective. Sometimes we just say, you know, of course you should do a good job. Of course you should deliver excellent medical care. Of course you, you should be kind and caring towards our clients. I mean, but we really do need to nudge or tilt them towards those behaviors. So one of the first things that I'll tell you I learned early in my career as a practice owner was you just need to tell it. You need to thank people. You know, praise in public, reprimand in private. Like if you can just adhere to that simple rule today, like your life will be better. And so when I see an associate who's doing something extraordinary, and it doesn't have to be like, you know, they cured cancer, but actually they just took an extra second or two in the lobby with a client to, to answer a question or to assist them uh, out to their car, whatever that little nudge may be, I'm going to say, wow, that was amazing. And I typically will do that a little bit publicly. Now, the, the downside to this and the criticism, Becky, that I've always received is, oh, well, you're playing favorites, right? But I'm not playing favorites if you're equitable in your praise. So does that make sense? It makes absolute sense. And I think it's it should be sort of like a personal development goal in general. If you're listening today, can you begin a positive habit creation of complimenting or, you know, publicly praising three employees, three coworkers, three people around you at some point in a day, it will become absolute easy habit. And you also be, what you start to do is, is begin to look for the good. You look for the things to compliment. And then when you're out there looking for it, you see a little bit of good in everybody and it's easy to bring it up. When you're in management, you know, you definitely want to make sure you're filling these slots really appropriately, making sure everyone is getting a little bit of that praise. But to your point, you know, before we started recording, we talked about that because it is a lot of time support staff focused and, and you guys all out there know that hundred percent I'm advocating for that, but it really does need to be everyone in the clinic. It really does need, we want to think about our associate veterinarians who are trying so hard. If we're really quick in our heads to know exactly how long it takes them to do a spay or a neuter or a surgery, and, and, and we can be as quick to criticize it, then we should be as quick to compliment it when they, they break that barrier and they get that personal record. And how can we make a big moment for them of that? I, I think about the times that I've heard in the past, well, you know, if, if you don't toot your horn, no one will. And I don't think that has to be true in our clinics. Right, right. And I'll tell you, it's, it is those simple things. If you look back on your life, typically the, the, I think the, the things I found most fulfilling and meaningful are these compliments from yeah. people, you know, and it what didn't cost them anything. It didn't, didn't mean that they had to go out and give me a vacation in, in Florida, right? They just simply said, wow, I really appreciate it, or you did a fantastic job, or you're really good at that. Like, yeah. those are the things that I think nudged me towards certain things. Like, like I always go back and, and you know, I've always kind of jokingly said I'm a, a writer who happens to be a veterinarian. Well, it all started early, early, early in life. I mean, I started, you know, in elementary school being praised by teachers for my writing. And then it extended into high school where uh, one of my English teachers just said, you're really good. You have a unique voice. And even though, you know, I wasn't necessarily this outstanding writer in high school, she said, you need to develop and work on this because you do have something there. In college, I'll tell you, had it not been for my freshman English 101 professor who on my very first paper gave me an A and commented on my use of, of vocabulary and metaphors, I don't know that I would have gained that confidence. So, so Becky, I mean, do you have similar types of experiences in, in your life that sort of nudged you along a path? 
my first is like, no, I have none. Where were all my supporters? No, absolutely. Of course. You know, that, and, and it's, it's interesting you say that though, right? Because, um, my nieces are young. They're five and seven now, but over the last few years, my sister being an outstanding mom has, has kind of brought into light how careful we should be around them when we say you are this or you are that and how important it is to fill those with positive words. And so, right. you know, she, my nieces are, are very strong reflections of my sister and I, they literally, they just like we did when we were kids. So it's easy to say to my oldest niece, you're just like your mom. And my youngest, you're just like your Aunt Becky. But we avoid that because we don't want to create that image of the, in their mind that this is who you are. This is how you are. And so to that point, I'm just trying to say that that's exactly right. When you tell someone you are and fill it with something positive, really good at this or really unique, um, you have a unique voice. You have something that people want to hear. You're absolutely right. It actually becomes a part of who we are. And when we hear it enough, it becomes a part of who we are. And that's the importance of hearing those positive fillers because we really start to believe them. Yeah, and I want to slightly take one little quick tangent here and the role of social media impressions in this discussion. Because most of us are scrolling Instagram, we're looking at Twitter feeds and Facebook posts, and we're constantly assaulted, and I use that word deliberately here, by images and impressions of other people doing amazing things. And so it can sometimes leave us feeling vacant, like somehow inadequate. So I think this is why it's doubly important for us as leaders within a veterinary practice to make sure that we are giving that positive post, that positive Instagram feed directly in person. It's much more powerful. So again, these nudges. Now let's take it back into the clinic, Becky. And so let's go back to those little instances that occur on a daily basis and let's catch someone doing something good, as I've always preached. And so, you know, now the veterinarian, the veterinary technician is dealing with a UTI, a complicated UTI. And and I only say complicated UTI, not that it's medically complicated, but to the client, it's frustrating. And so let's say that the veterinarian, you know, receives some praise, like you hear uh, the receptionist say, wow, Mrs. Smith just loved you today, Becky, you know, or she just was so happy that she got to talk to you today. That's the opportunity to seize, in my opinion. That's the time when the management, the owners, and the coworkers should pop in, pile on the positivity. Because we all know we pile on when it comes to negative things. What about piling on with the positivity? Why aren't we celebrating that more? Well, right. And and again, I think it's we just in this industry, we have a tendency to knock ourselves down quickly. Like, well, I just, you know, wanted to explain to we, we literally explain our way out of compliments. We're really bad at taking them. And so I think sometimes we don't give them because they're not received well. And we yes. think we're just doing our job. We're all perfectionists. We all want to do an outstanding job. It is just what we do. So it is, I think, inherently hard for us to say, yeah, you're darn right. I did. That was outstanding. Of I worked really hard at that. I'm very proud of that. I feel very accomplished in this moment. We don't have a tendency to celebrate ourselves. And so sometimes it's hard to be more excited about somebody else than they are about themselves. Right. So so we've created, I think, this cycle for ourselves in the industry. Yeah, and and this is also what I call the perfection trap because we are perfectionists. By and large, most of us in the very profession are somehow perfectionists. And so when someone compliments us, all we see is the imperfection, right? Because we didn't quite attain perfection. And so we say, oh, no, I did a terrible, no, no. And and I'll tell you what we did with our two daughters from a very early age. And of course, they're grown now. um, We taught them that whenever someone gives you a compliment, ourselves, outsiders, whatever, you just say thank you. Like you don't judge the compliment. And so if you're listening today, 
The next time someone says, you did a great job, don't instantly dismiss it. Just shut up and say thank you, <laughs> right? Yeah, you know, it's so funny that you say that. Dr. Kim Browning uh, is a program director at Central Carolina Community College in Sanford, where I graduated from. And she was a colleague of mine. She was not the program director when I graduated. She was a colleague when I taught there. And she is the first woman in my entire life who I've ever seen do that, no matter what the compliment. And truly knowing her as a person, knowing that inside she is probably having a lot of that dialogue, we would all be sputtering out immediately. It's so graceful to watch her say, thank you. And it's so wonderful to hear because when you discredit someone's compliment, you're actually telling them you're wrong. I am not this wonderful thing you just said. And you're really knocking them down for saying, hey, you are this amazing thing. And so you're telling them not only yourself that you're not that thing, but you're telling them that you're not that either. And and you're absolutely right. Take a compliment with grace, say thank you, and, and just let that kind of linger. So I think you're I think you're absolutely right. There's tons of, of verbal praise and, and I wanna say that that is almost like the golden nugget. For whatever reason, just hearing it, having that interpersonal moment, it, it's so important. But what are what are some of the other ways? You know, I, I think about these rock star walls. Should we be doing rock star walls? Should we not? You went above and beyond. Are these good things in the practice? Are they healthy? Yeah, and I may have a contrarian opinion on this. I don't think they're healthy. I I think that they create this sense of competition. You know, did you get your name on the wall? And uh, did you get the employee of the month? And so we really, we just never did that because we felt like, is that really saying what we want to say? And then you really run into very quickly in a smaller setting, like, what about repetition? Like, can Becky be the employee of the month every month? You know, and if you're not and if you truly are the superstar of the month, like, are we then disincentivizing your great, uh, you know, your great efforts? I mean, so we really we really sidestep that. Um, we, we just never bought into that. That doesn't mean it can't be a success. I just think you have to be really careful. What about you, Becky? Yeah, no, I, I actually agree with you. I think they can sort of become. Um, a little bit redundant. And, and I yeah. think the problem with these things, too, is if you're not completely committed to keeping them up, then you have this naked rock star wall and there are apparently <laughs> no rock stars. And then you feel like the things that you're doing don't get acknowledged. They don't right. get seen. And, and likely it is just that your your boss is entirely too busy to cut out gold stars and to, to write down a couple of sentences on them. I think it's really nice to have compliment cards left in the room if a, if a client would like to leave a compliment for an employee. I think that can be really wonderful. It's really nice to hear. I think that they can also um, take the opportunity to share these types of compliments on their Facebook page or find other public forums to share kind words from clients about staff members. But I think these these walls in the office, unless you are really truly going to be 100% dedicated to making sure everyone gets on that wall, everyone gets acknowledged, that it is just as fair as the verbal praise and that that wall stays full and varied. This is a commitment. Otherwise, this is a pass. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you, you know, Laura was Laura's brilliant with this kind of stuff. She I remember one of the things that she did early in our career. She used to put post-its on the top uh, in the inside top wall of a cage. OK. And so, so, you know, everybody has to clean cages. Right. But we all know that sometimes we're not as thorough as we should be. And of course, the top wall is is the you know, again, I don't know if I'm describing that accurately, but, yes. you know, it's a cube and the top wall and the inside of a cage is the one 
area that typically gets neglected, right? Because the poop and the pee and everything is kind of on the bottom and on the sides. And so Laura used to put these post-it notes up there that says, congratulations, you just got a free, you know, ice cream. Uh, and so, <laughs> you know, what would happen is, um, I'll be honest with you, Becky, there were days where nobody found the free ice cream. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so then Laura would be like, you know, OK, what do I do with this information? Like, do I go on a tirade? Do I say, oh, you know what? I put this in this cage over here and nobody all day long. We had dogs and cats in and out of that cage and nobody cleaned the top. Yeah. Of the, you know, so what do you do? Right. Because now you're actually focusing on the negative behavior. And so we we struggled with the little gimmicky things like there's a lot of little ways that you can plant little rewards throughout the day, but we struggled with that. And so when it came to this, this cage cleaning dilemma that we faced early, early on, you know, Laura was like, and we just need to make sure that our training is more thorough. Like, are we doing a good enough job explaining why it's important from a uh, nosocomial or infectious disease standpoint th to make sure that we clean that top of the vector? You know, Laura's like, Laura, Laura basically used to always tell everybody, our staff, like everything is a vector. <laughs> <laughs> We're germaphobes. <laughs> it's not a bad thing to be in a veterinary clinic. You know, Dr. Jeremy Keene uh, was speaking with me at AVMA uh, not too long ago, and we were talking about incentives in the clinic. And he had a really cool idea in terms of they leave just like little $5 gift cards around the clinic. Generally, um, in places where there's maybe like a mess or, or right. an overall neglected area. So um, they'll notice maybe there's a ton of surgery packs that need to get wrapped. It's just been a busy week. They'll throw a gift card underneath that pack. And then the person who takes the initiative to get the mess cleaned up gets a little reward for doing so. But he said like kind of within the clinic, they're now a little bit more hurried to be running around the clinic getting messes cleaned up because they know that there may or may not be a reward involved with doing that, that they may find not to mention it's just kind of fun. So I think you're exactly right. I think finding ways to leave, you know, little bonuses, little benefits, little perks around the clinic is a lot of fun, but it needs to be done in a way that, you know, things are not being neglected. So obviously, right. if infectious disease is a concern, maybe it's not some place we need to be cutesy and fun. Right. But if there's like a place where you see in the clinic it's a result of obvious already hard work, a ton of surgery packs unwrapped, for example, then this is a place we obviously we want to do some rewards. When you see laundry piled up to the hilt, put a put a gift card in at the bottom right. of that for whoever right. manages to make it to the bottom. So there's a lot of different ways to do that if you're creative and um, it can can help incentivize some of the less fun things that are done around the clinic. So I, I think it's something that can be really, you know, a lot of fun. What about bonuses? And I think we've talked a little bit about mm -hmm. this in the past. We've talked about, you know, Christmas bonuses and rewards. You know, we know that for people, money isn't the number one incentive, but boy, it doesn't hurt, right? Yeah, you know, and this is, again, an area that I probably am contrarian. I'm against bonuses, particularly around holidays. I just think it becomes part of the expectations of uh, people's salary. You know, they start to say, well, every Christmas I get a $500 bonus or $150 bonus or whatever. So I'm not a big fan of that. What I am a fan of, though, are, are nice gifts, spontaneous gifts in particular. You know, Laura was famous for giving out shoes, you know, so she would give uh, coupons for, for clogs and tennis shoes and, and whatnot. Uh, so, you know, scrubs and things like that, things that had utility in the practice. So, um, you know, Becky, I, I'm just, I'm always torn on just giving a Christmas bonus. I just don't think it actually serves the purpose. I think it just becomes baked into your expectations. And if it's part of your expectations, 
expected salary, then I don't think it is an incentive. Yeah, you make a good point, right? If it's not if it's not a bonus, if it's not something that is a result of that hard work, it is just as a result of, of being there. And I think there is always a little bit of animosity in a clinic like, oh, this girl only started a month ago and is she going to get this same bonus? And what does this bonus look like? And oh, I've been here for five years. And like you said, in a, in a field where I guess with most support staff, we are living um, and, and if you are not, let me know paycheck to paycheck. I'd, I'd love to come right. work with you then, you know, we do spend that money before we ever even get it. And that's a lot of pressure on the clinic who may or may not be able to make that. I do and have always said, though, I'm a huge fan of clinic transparency, especially when it comes to funds. And I think setting monthly goals and giving bonuses based on meeting those monthly goals is a great idea. I think it does keep everybody working toward the business side of the practice and understanding a little bit more about what's going on where that goes. But I love the idea of shoes. I love the idea of scrubs things with utility and things that actually end up coming out of our pocket to be put toward work. Right. right? And as a support right. staff member, that can be hard. Yeah, that's, that's a great thing. But again, I, I will uh, push back on the bonuses tied to production in general, because I, I've always wanted us to be as pure intent as possible. And I think that sometimes if we're chasing a monthly goal in sales or revenue, then does that potentially incentivize, you know, padding the bill, doing unnecessary treatments. I mean, you know, so, so I've, I've never like, here's what I always say, you know, I want, I would, I want my staff and we've talked about this on the podcast multiple times, Becky. Um, I want my staff to feel proud if they had to explain to their client in front of them how they got paid. And I think that if there's ever bonus and production salary and all that stuff, that's when I think the conversation gets a little more uncomfortable. I really think that clients understand that you have to get paid, but if they're getting paid based on how much they just sold you, I think it can sour the relationship. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, no, and I do agree. There's a lot of different, you know, when it comes to incentive that way. I think when I when I think about um, overall goal making, it's not always necessarily um, linked to the dollar. I think that I've worked in clinics who have said we're going to see X number of this type of appointment or we're going to meet this goal. We can set goals outside of financial goals. And I'm, and I'm glad that you brought that up. So we can use this as a way to fix other problems in the clinic. For example, I think most clinics have a problem getting people to go to lunch. And, and, and that sounds crazy, but yeah. I, I would argue most people out there will say, oh my gosh, yes, we, we either don't get a lunch or I can't get them to go out the door. I've tried. Right. I have honestly said, you know, outside of making it a policy, incentivize. We got everybody out the door to lunch today. We got everybody in on time today. We got everybody out on time today. All of our surgeries were prepped and down and completed by X hour. So set targets and goals yes. within the clinic for productivity outside of just money because it helps your staff feel like there are important things to you outside of just money. Boy, I love that. Now, I, I want to also caution listeners today. A, none of the things that we're talking about excuse poor salary and benefits. And I think that's Truth. really where we're deficient in the profession. I still don't believe most veterinary support staff, I'm definitely going to point the finger toward that right now, are not being paid adequately. I don't think the benefits stack up against other jobs, any other workplace. You know, for veterinarians, I think there's so many variables involved, you know, experience, expertise, you know, I mean, all those kind of things. Locality, of course, has a huge driver in how much we're able to pay. Uh, and of course, cost of living factors into that. But my point is, you know, I think sometimes these types of beyond the benefits can appear gimmicky and they can really get spun horribly wrong 
in my opinion, by like corporate entities because they go, well, we gave a gold star to everybody or we gave everybody a free Starbucks, you know, instead of actually addressing the true underlying problem. And in fact, I will tell you that sometimes when I hear staff members crying foul about benefits, I usually take that one extension further and go, what about your salary? Because I think that's the only way they know to say I'm not being paid adequately. Well, I think to some extent they have an expectation of not getting paid adequately. So they're not even bothered to argue about that. That wasn't even the point. But can I please at least go to the doctor? I'm sick. That's the part that bothers me. That's the part that we could do an entire another podcast on is is half the reason they're not bothering about their salary is because they don't expect it. And with the, you know, push for minimum wage to fifteen dollars an hour. And and seriously, I argue anyone out there go, uh, this is, this is controversial. You get yourself in trouble. <laughs> go find out how much a Starbucks barista gets paid and then right. go look at your staff payroll. Yep. At the yep. end of the day, these guys can be making coffee and smelling delicious for several dollars an hour more than they're probably making for what they're doing within the clinic. And so you're exactly right. This isn't to substitute with pay. This isn't to a substitute benefit. This is to keep the clinic culture going to say thank you to say great job to make people feel good for going above and beyond the extra mile and this is for things because we know that money is a major concern within the clinic we're trying to give ideas of of ways to keep them incentivized and moving outside of outside of these giant pay raises yeah and and again we will end today's discussion right where we began it and i believe that the most important thing you can give beyond the salary beyond the benefits is creating this culture of real reward and generosity. You know, again, if you aren't thanking people every day, I mean, like, like, honestly, I think that's what drove Laura and my success is because we just went through with this immense sense of gratitude. It was like, I, Laura and I used to tell you this, I can't believe that people show up and bring their dog and cat to me for my services. Like how fortunate and grateful am I for that? And then we spun it later in our career to say, I can't believe that we have 40-something people that show up every day to help me fulfill my dream. Like that is the type of gratitude. And if you have that kind of feeling, then it has to become a habit. You have to start to say, how do I catch someone doing something good every day? How do I thank people for doing an exceptional job? Not just that I expect you, of course, to do a good job, but hey, I really appreciate it. You know, that's where I think you really change the culture and that's where you change the mood and the morale of your office. And I will tell you, Becky, in my experience, a lot of times those little things really do make the job more meaningful and it allows us sometimes to accept and understand and tolerate the poor salary and benefits that our profession offers sometimes. So, you know. (laughs) Yeah, I do want to say paid time off, I think, is a great reward for, for doing a great job. So, um, when birthdays come around, when someone's done a wonderful job, I think just throwing them a half a day off with pay is a really cool way of saying thank you and something that they'll really enjoy because they get to go kind of be in their personal life. You know, Becky, that's so funny. It's something I used to, I've written about it multiple times. I used to, and this was some time ago, so it'll date me. I used to say, if you want to reward your staff, give a boomer a dollar. So back then we had a lot of baby boomers in the workplace. So give a boomer a dollar give a Gen Xer or millennial a day off. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I, and I still exactly think it right. holds. I still think it holds. People value their time, at least yeah. our generation values their time sometimes more than that extra buck in their pocket. Uh, but, but again, you've heard what we have to say about these topics. What do you do to extend gratitude? And what do you do to go beyond the benefits to reward positive behaviors in your workplace? We want to hear from you. Yeah, you can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts now. You can leave us a comment or leave us some pictures of your incentivications in your clinic. You can find us on Facebook at Veterinary Viewfinder and on Instagram at Vet Viewfinder. If you get a chance, go over to iTunes and leave us a comment, leave us a review and all of the stars. So your colleagues can help find us and get in on the conversations. And we are so grateful for those positive reviews and you sharing this content. We've made a lot of I think a lot of change in the profession, you know, over the past uh, three years of doing this podcast, we are just so grateful that you show up every week and listen to what we have to say. And we hope that it makes your practice a little better until next week. Bye. Bye. Wow. Okay. A lot of interesting stuff. Good.